0: we got some talent, don't we? Yeah, Yeah, there's no question. All the way around we got talent. We do. Yeah, you know, just in terms of some of the things that we're looking forward to, let me just share with you a couple of things. One is our Long Rangers. That's our long range planning and strategic team. They gave themselves that name. Once again, I thought it was kind of corny, but they liked it. And the Long Rangers are going to be reporting the 1st of April, and so we're, we're praying toward that. Also, we've got uh, Lent coming up, Ash Wednesday service one week from this Wednesday, and during that window, we're going to ask you as a church to really pray, uh, to pray uh, um, maybe once a week here at the church. We have our prayer room, we've got our prayer garden, um, you can come into the church most anytime during the day, but... Really, that prayer room's open 24 hours a day, and it's um, 1901 pound is how you get in. And so we'd love for you to come once, once a day, once a week, really once a week would be fine just to come and pray for the church and pray that the Lord will continue to pour his spirit out on us, that we might be in ministry for God. Also, we'd like to encourage you to think about something that maybe some of you haven't done. And that is to fast on Friday where you'd take the noon meal and you'd you'd skip it. And you'd use that time to pray and to reflect on God's grace and to, uh, to approach the throne of God, uh, seeking Him and seeking His will. And if you've got some medical issues, there are creative ways you can work around that and still feel like you've entered into that discipline. And so... Be thinking about that as we head towards Lent and the 40 days that precede Easter. Well, I need to tell you, I need to be here. I really do. As one of your pastors, there is stuff going on in my heart and my mind and my life. And so I want to share with you, honestly, I need to be here as much as you do. And so together, I want us to journey in these next few moments and, and talk about what, what God really wants for us in terms of victory and claiming that victory and, and when to claim it and how to step toward it. And so I want us to pray together again. Let's pray. God, you know our hearts. You know my heart. You know our our minds, the way we think. You know us better than we know ourselves. And so who better to go to than the one that knows all things, that holds the future, and yet holds us in your hands. And so Lord, I just pray that you will you will do a, a continue to do a good work in this time as we share together. And so let your spirit fall. Help us to be open. And God, we pray that we will not push back from you, but welcome you. Make yourself at home with us. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, some of you may be able to recall, you may be able to go back to 2003. It was May 1st. And on the aircraft carrier entitled Lincoln, our president stood up and he had a banner. And he said some things that were interesting. On that banner, it said, Mission accomplished. And President Bush said, The good news is that we really are bringing this war to an end, and we can claim victory. Well, as we all know, looking back all the way to 2003, that declaration was way premature, and he even admitted it because there were strongholds of insurgency still in Iraq and lives still taken, and men and women from the U.S., armed forces, still in harm's way. And so, for me, there, there's an analogy there, a connection in terms of us as followers of, of Jesus, that we need to be careful because there are certain categories in our lives, really our overall journey, our discipleship, where we've got to be careful not to claim victory Too early, because there's work still to be done. Our heritage is an awesome one, and there was a fellow who really began our movement called John Wesley. And he had a theory, and I think it's biblically based, that that victory can be claimed and advanced in a way in that when we die, And when Christ receives us, we will be fully glorified as He is glorified. The Bible says, we shall see Him as He is, and we shall become like Him. And in a wonderful way, that's what he called Christian perfection in its completion. But then he said, you know, looking down the road, we can celebrate that there's something called sanctification. One day we'll experience ultimate glorification. But there's something called sanctification that is unfolding in our lives. And it's where we begin to allow Christ to have victory category by category by category today as we come, it may be that in your life, if you're like me, there are things that need to be overcome. How do we have victory over something while in process? Well, I think what we have to remember is that there is a way to move towards the W, the big win, if you would. And And the writer of Romans helps us with this. And I want us to read this. Romans 6, 12 through 14. Therefore, and he's saying in light of everything I've said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are no longer under the law but under grace. And So I want to ask you this question. In light of what the scripture says that one is saved from sin but yet not entirely in the sense that it Still remains in us, though it does not rain. It remains as a factor to contend with, but it doesn't ultimately rain. We can be overcomers. So, what is it that you're contending with? What is it that you're battling with? What is it that needs to be overcome? Is it a certain behavior? Is it a way of thinking? Is it a certain temptation? You see, I really believe that in this series we have encapsulated in that Scripture, John 10.10, Christ said that He came not to kill or destroy, but to give life and to give it more abundantly. And so, Christ is committed to us as we are in process, as we are a work in progress. He desires that we would be better, and that our quality of life would be better. And so, what is it for you? Is it maybe a chemical addiction? Uh, You just can't put the drink down. You. You took that second drink because you liked the effect, not the taste. Or, 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 or maybe debt. You're not alone. The average American has $8,000 of credit card debt. You're among those that struggle as well. Or, I'm not alone. Control in eating <laughs> and diet. And, and medicating some of my own brokenness with emotional eating. What is it that you need to overcome? One young woman who's a, a person of faith, she, she loves Jesus, she walks with Jesus, but she 's dealing with an emotional weakness, an infirmity, a weakness. And she battles with it. And I'm on quote, her. she said, "You know what, Tim, my life sucks." Because of this, she said, I am so over this. She wants to be an overcomer, she wants to face off in battle and claim victory. One of the things I'm encouraged by is what Isaiah talks about the prophet. And he's talking about what our Savior will be, what our Messiah will be. And he says, and it's everything that happened to Jesus. And he was despised and rejected by men. And it talks about the rejection of humankind. And and then he goes on to say, he took on our infirmities. He embodied our Weakness. And by his stripes. Do you remember when Jesus was whipped with the weapon. The cat of nine tails that that stripped the skin off of his back. By his stripes we are healed. So the awesome news for me today. Is that we have a wounded healer. We have a, a wounded victorious one who has taken everything about our brokenness. And it was captured in a moment on the cross. And then he said, it is finished. And so that gives me hope. That gives me a real possibility that that maybe I too can be a wounded healer. Maybe too God can do something great in me and through me in the midst of my brokenness. A couple of things that really, and I invite you to look at your message notes, that can help us kind of pieces to pattern and overcoming. How do we move forward and allow God to continue to do a good work in us. And one is coming clean in who we are and who we are not. And recognizing our limitations. And part of that has to do with re-identifying our own personal weaknesses and recognizing what Martin Luther talked about, that we have a bent towards sin we have a tendency towards sin while we've been forgiven and while we can claim victory in so many ways sin does not reign but it does remain and when we when we are honest about that when we address our selfishness then healing can be a reality Because the healing begins in the revealing. And so coming clean is critical. And the writer of Romans, I think, understood that. He understood the story of redemption through Jesus Christ, but he said this, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so I'm still needing to be Vigilant I'm still needing to recognize that there are some strongholds, there are some insurgencies within me that need to be contained and contended with. And then realizing that I want Christ to eradicate that from my life, to empty me, empty me of these things, to forgive my transgressions. To help me rid these vices, if you would, I see the need to fill that void. You remember that campaign, "Just Say No." Remember that? Um, I used that with my kids when, in terms of wanting to spend money. Um, the the "Just Say No" campaign was great in that it had built into it an avoidance of drugs. But what they found was it wasn't completely successful because it created a vacuum that was never addressed. And in the same way, those of us who are asking God to rid ourselves, help us rid ourselves of these infirmities, of these weaknesses, of these addictions, of these obsessions, whatever they may be, we also, the beauty of the Christian message is that we are to be filled and that void is is to be filled with Christ and the very presence of Jesus in the holy spirit a recognition that that Christ in me is the hope of glory that as i am empty i am filled and And in Romans 6.13, a verse we just read, it says this, but rather, he says, don't let sin defeat you, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life. So as you allow God to begin to move in your life and pull, withdraw these things that are sin, that are weaknesses invite him offer yourself it says the scripture from the scripture offer yourself to guide as those who have been brought to life and then galatians 5:24 and 25 right around the fruit of the spirit scripture it says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so filling our lives, I still love that illustration that William Temple uses when he talks about being filled with God. <clears throat> he says this, I would love to crea- create great plays and dramas like William Shakespeare. And if I tried, I'd probably fail because I am not William Shakespeare. How I wish I could live a life of love and righteousness like Jesus Christ. To be obedient to a heavenly Father and to love the world, offering compassion to those in need. But I could never do that because I am not Christ. Yet, If you could somehow place the genius of me, in me, of Shakespeare, then maybe I could be as prolific as him. And if you could place the spirit of Christ in me, maybe there's a chance that I could reflect him. And so to fill that void that has been emptied. And then keeping accountable, Galatians 6 1 and 2, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in the same way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We do better together. That's why we have an Alcoholics Anonymous location here at the church. We affirm that. We know there's power and strength in numbers when it comes to overcoming. It doesn't show, but I do work out and, uh, and exercise, and it's good for me. It's good not only in terms of uh, my aerobic system, uh, weight management, and stress. I really do like those endorphins going off. It, it just... It helps me in so many ways. I've developed a friendship with a fellow in the church and he and I go to the same place but we've not always gone at the same time. And so I asked him, I said, would you be willing to meet me here? Would you be willing to meet me here? He said, yes. He said, you know what? My health coach calls I get a discount on my insurance policy if I take these health coach calls and one of the things they said was you need an exercise partner will you be that for me I said yes and so the other day he showed up I showed up and we worked out and he said look I'm gonna bring it to a close early and I said that's fine because I'm just glad you were here It raised my level of accountability. If you don't have a small group, if you don't have a Sunday school, if you don't have a Bible study, you're missing out. And so there's something about overcoming together. It's kind of like a home court advantage when you've got people cheering you on. And then finally, the good news is we can claim the victory in advance. While we do have struggles, while we do have infirmities, while we do have weaknesses, Christ is doing a great work in us. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, But thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Recognizing that there are strongholds. Recognizing that there is insurgency that is trying to defeat us. We know how this comes out. We know Christ will give us the ultimate victory. And we know that his power is greater than the insurgency itself. It is greater than we are. And that's why we need Christ in us. An analogy for me is the recognition of chickenpox. Maybe you had chickenpox. When you were younger, you don't have to raise your hand because I don't want to break any HIPAA laws. But you may have had chickenpox, right? And it can abide in your body. It can reside in your body as a virus, and it can return as what shingles. In the same way, there there are ways to treat it. It is so painful, but being vigilant, being aware is so important, and being committed to allowing Christ to bring healing. Scripture says we're co-heirs with Christ. And that means together we're working to overcome. A fellow that I had been talking to and he had shared some things with me and I knew there was some stress in his marriage. And I said to him, I said, Bob, how y'all doing? He said, it's hard. And we're working on some things in us, and we're working on some things together. But nobody's going anywhere. (laughs) And I liked that. It was a recognition That they, after 35 years of marriage, are still hammering it out. And that Christ is at work in them. And they have engaged the process. In the same way, it's hard. It's hard to deal with our own neuroses. It's hard to deal with our past. It's hard to deal with some of the people around us. It's hard to deal with my addiction. It's hard to deal with my obsession. But here's the good news. Christ has partnered with me. And he has overcome death. He has emptied the tomb. He has defeated death. He can help me with whatever giant challenge I face. He is bigger than any problem. Or any pain that comes my way. And so today, as our worship team comes, I want to ask you this question Is there something that you've been battling with? Odds are there is. I would say the majority of us that walked into this place have carried something with us, and it's a burden. This is a great time to lay it down and to give thanks for that scripture that Paul wrote the church at Philippi when he said, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He's saying, there's ultimate victory, but we can be victorious day by day as we face off with whatever's before us. You too can be an overcomer. The altar is open. We welcome you to come.